0: this out.
1: or good afternoon, wherever you're at. And welcome to the Foundations Podcast. Um, I'm here with Pastor Paul Vincent. <laughs> Hello, Pastor Paul. Good to be with you, Steve. And uh, today we, we are continuing our efforts toward looking at the fivefold ministry in the Bible. And um, uh, last week we talked about prophets, We talked about prophets and and, uh, got into a good discussion on that. Uh, This week we're going to talk about evangelism and evangelists, actually. And uh, let me get our our uh, our main verse, Ephesians 4.11 talks. And he said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Uh, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And um, anyway, so so that's our, our verse here. And we've talked about apostles, we've talked about prophets, and now today we're going to talk about evangelists. Now, evangelists, a lot of, and again, to kind of recap, we talk about how that somebody can teach or preach an evangelistic uh, message. Uh, You don't have to be in the office of an evangelist to do that, Uh, we see that, but at the same time, we did talk, uh, there is the office of evangelist. So, Pastor, um, okay, Let's let's talk about definition. What is an evangelist?
0: Well, an evangelist is someone that, um, well, proclaims the uh, good news of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, it's just that simple. Uh, they're not doing a pastoral ministry, uh, but it's not. But an evangelist ministry would not be, uh, you know. Separate from the church, it'll be through the church. Mm-hmm. But their ministry is to the lost; it's people who do not know God. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing? They're they're telling the good news that Jesus died for them, uh, that uh, that that He was raised from the dead, and they can receive the gift of eternal life uh, through His sacrifice and what He did by putting mm-hmm. their faith in in that.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, one of the thing that, uh, you know, we, we talk about town criers back in the day uh, or somebody else that's out there proclaiming the gospel, the good news to people out there and sharing the gospel. Now, um, evangelism itself can take many forms, I would think. Uh, and, of course, uh, the evangelist, I would say, would be the instigator or the one that is, if he's in the office for a particular church or whatever, he is kind of finding ways to evangelize. How can we get the gospel message out? How can we get those people that are not saved saved so that, and then add them back to the church so they can be discipled. You see, um, uh, uh, we were talking about the book of Acts. In, in the book of Acts, what are some examples of evangelists?
0: Well, I mean, <clears throat> we have a few. I mean, specifically, Philip is called an evangelist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the only one that we have in the Bible that that, that term is applied to. But we can see evangelism, uh, whether it's an office or a gift in a few other people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the apostle Peter, can be looked at in Acts chapter two. He preaches Christ to them. Yeah, and and not only in Acts chapter two, but you can go to Acts chapter ten, and here he's at Cornelius's house. And if you actually look at the message that he preached, mm-hmm. he talks about Jesus died, he was cru- and he was crucified. Yeah, he was raised from the dead. Uh, the ideal that he uh, did this because of our sins. All the sins were laid upon us. He preaches a gospel message that's a message of good news okay and so peter's pretty consistent when he's dealing with the lost sure now his letters are written to people that know god but but as far as the, the ministry we see the apostle paul obviously acts 19 call mark uh, that that passage i have studied and many people have just analyzed many uh, is a model of evangelism mm-hmm. and uh and it, it just, you know, you know, what is he doing? He's preaching the gospel. People are responding. Uh, it's not just the miracles that happen, but it's just they're taking their curious arts or witchcraft, their stuff, yeah. they're burning it in the fire. That yeah. That's repentance, that's turning. And then ultimately that turns into a church. Sure. And, and he establishes a church there. Mm-hmm. Now he's an apostle, but he's doing the work of an evangelist when he yeah. gets there. And, uh, and then, you know, and then so, so, you know, those are some, you know, some simple examples. Yeah. Uh, Philip, I, I like the way it's put in Acts, uh, I think that's Acts chapter uh, eight. Mm-hmm. It says that he went down to Samaria and he preached Christ to them. He preached Christ to them. Yeah, yeah. He preached Christ to them. He preached some seminar on five different ways from the Bible, how you can meditate on God's word so you can get rich. Yeah. You know, it's not any kind of foolishness like that. He preached Christ to them. Paul said to the Corinthians very clearly, he said, when I came to Corinth, I determined not to know anything among you, uh, uh, anything among you except Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and him crucified. And uh, and, and in fact, in, in the first letter to the Corinthians, he talks about the cross of Christ. He talks yes. about Jesus' sacrifice in that sense. He also deals with the resurrection. Yeah, And all of that, is very,
1: very much evangelistic. Sure, sure. So, okay, so we're looking at the the evangelist and the message of evangelism. Let's talk about that for a minute. And you were kind of alluding to this, is that the message of evangelism is not, um, you know, how you you can develop more faith in your life uh, or how you can prosper or whatever else type of different message that we hear a lot of and that we can hear a lot of today, but it's Christ, him crucified, and the message of the gospel is the good news. So what is, let's clearly define, when I say what is the gospel, what is the gospel?
0: Well, the gospel is probably more defined in Romans ten than any other mm-hmm. place, and by the way, we make mention of it when we talk about Romans ten. We're uh, Paul's backdrop to that is Deuteronomy thirty, okay, and that is where he is quoting directly from it, and that's that famous passage where you know, uh, well, actually the Deuteronomy the Deuteronomy passage ends in chapter thirty. Where Paul ends it, he said, "What, what, what? Where do we say the word is near you? It's in your, it's, it's in a, your mouth, mouth, and it's a, in your heart." Yeah. And and the the Deuteronomy passage goes on to say, "I set before you life and death, mm-hmm. blessing and cursing. Choose life, yes, that you and your seed may live." And then he reiterates it once again. But Paul doesn't quote that part of it. What he okay. does is he said. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the the word of faith that we preach. And he gets into if we would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think people misunderstand what that means. Okay. Uh, when it, it's not just a a confession of my mouth, because he talks about a belief in the heart. Yes. It is a a submission to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Okay. So when we're saying He's Lord, it means. He's Lord, yes. so it means I'm forsaking my sin mm-hmm. because I believe He died in my place. Sure, and He took He took my sin, but I don't become a recipient of that until my confession. Jesus, You're Lord, mm-hmm. and I believe that that God raised you from the dead. Yes, and in that concept, what I believe with my heart, my confession with my mouth, the Bible says I'm saved. Mm-hmm. and that's a work of the Spirit. He draws people to that place. It's not a magic formula that somebody comes up with. No. No, there is a message of the gospel that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died on a cross, that he was raised from the dead, and if you will repent of your sins, as Peter said, mm-hmm. and you will you know, submit to his lordship, then you can be saved. Yes, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and uh, and when the Spirit of God draws people, what do they do? They make a confession with their mouth. Yes, that Jesus is Lord, and in a belief in their heart that God raised Him from the dead. Yes. That is the gospel. It's good news because it means that all my sins can be forgiven, mm-hmm. and it's and it's the best news that anybody can get because it means you're not going to go to hell when you die.
1: Yes. Okay, oh <laughs> there that, that, that's real good news
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, that is um so the the thing is uh when you when you were talking about that and bringing that out, I was thinking about we ha- we have a canned term called the sinner's prayer or a prayer, the sinner's prayer and um we try to we say, well, you just repeat this. Yeah, kind of wedding bells. Yeah, just like wedding bells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's one like one out of two marriages and a
0: divorce. So right? yeah. that's probably what it is on those
1: two. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is that just for repeating this particular sinner's prayer, you what you're talking about, what you were describing there, was a lot more deeper a lot deeper than just repeating the words of a prayer right and um because you and and specifically about lordship yes about repentance about believing that he rose from the dead that um and that He he's alive uh making him lord of our lives you know, I remember Carmen, the uh, singer, he would always used to use that term. He, he'd always say, he says, he's either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. And um, the the, th- the thing is, is that the way that I have heard, and I'll just give you so, uh, just one example of, of people who get on television. In a, Evangelism can be done in several different ways. We have several venues several communication um portals or whatever you want to call to be able to get the message out okay one is television and that was really taken advantage of in say the uh set later 70s to the 80s uh and that that was became really big televangelism the biggest you know big type of thing but then what we do is we have individuals that are on TV that say, okay, repeat this prayer, or just say "Say this this prayer. He, he Within two to three seconds, he says a prayer. He says, if you said that prayer, you've been saved, you've been born again. Go find a local church, blah, 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 blah. Well, I have a little problem with that particular scenario. Number one, because just saying a, a two-second prayer. No. Sinner
0: prayer never saved anybody. No. No, that's not the way salvation occurs. And, uh, you know, and one, one of the things that I, you know, as a pastor, I've had an opportunity to talk to so many different people in counseling and one-on-one beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I always like to ask somebody, tell me how you met the Lord. Mm-hmm. Tell me your salvation experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's fascinating to listen to how God saves people. Yes. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people that will they can't answer that question. Yeah. And that always causes me concern. You know. They'll say because I hear them say, Well, you know, I'm sure I said a prayer in a Sunday school class with my teacher when I was little, or well, you know, I have been I've been to church all my life and I just you know, I'm, I, I love the Lord, I believe He's Lord. Mm-hmm. But they can't point a moment,
1: moment in time that they,
0: where Paul put it, you pass from death, death to life. life. Yes. No dead man that was brought back to life does not know when it happened. And so it is with spiritual death. The spiritual life. Mm-hmm. One knows when that happens. You, you may not remember the specific date, but you know the experience. Yeah, you know. And, and I mean, I can testify. You can testify to that. Yeah, in your life. I, know I can. Exactly. I've had yeah. a. You talk about a collision course. It was massive. Yes. And uh, and it just uh, it undeniable mm-hmm. drawing of the spirit. And what was I doing? And by the way, we had a chalk evangelist. You know, sure in there. And and his message was Christ every night. Every night. Yeah. And 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 you know, and finally when I do respond, I know what I'm going up there for. I'm not going up there to repeat somebody's prayer to me. I'm going up there to repent. Yes. And ask Jesus to be my Lord and to come into and I of course my way of putting come into my heart. Yes. And you know, I want to be I want to follow you. And, mm-hmm. and and he did that and I knew what it was all over with. That I was saved, yeah I knew I had an experience with God. I had the Romans ten uh collision course with with Christ, yes and uh and it was like God was saying to me, "I'm set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, mm-hmm. hey, choose Jesus yeah. <laughs> you know
1: you know and uh, and we're talking about this we're talking about true salvation and and giving your lar- heart to God and making him lord of your life making the, uh, Jesus lord of your life and we're talking about the message there that's the message of the gospel and it's it's specific okay it's specific because you are you are preaching Jesus and him crucified you're talking about the death the resurre- the, the life death and resurrection of Jesus and that leads people to repentance and to salvation. Now, in today's church, and I, I don't want to, if we get stuck in one area, we may not get to the other. So I want to I move on just a little bit. In today's church, do we see evangelists? Now, evangelists, that would be somebody who is set to preach the good news, to draw people to Christ. Do we see that operable in today's church?
0: I think in some places. Okay. You know, I mean it uh you know, we, we I can't speak beyond, you know, this church, uh at River of Life, but uh but I mean, you know, we've done things to reach out to the lost, all mm-hmm. kinds of things. A lot of it's done through children's ministry mm-hmm. and uh food bank things. We still yes. do that today. And when anyone comes in here we talk about the goodness of God, we mm-hmm. talk about how you know what I mean. And, uh, you know, so we still present the gospel as much as, you know, people can receive it. Yes. Some people are not always open to it. But but I have heard of uh, other, other, other venues, and some of our people have even done it. Like some people will go into a Starbucks, and they'll go in there with their Bible, maybe their laptop, they're looking at it, garnish attention. In other words, somebody gets curious what they're doing. And like Philip with the Ethiopian, mm-hmm. They're able to present Christ to them, and I and I think that's very positive. That's one-on-one evangelism.
1: Yes,
0: and uh, and, and, and and really, in, in one sense, it always is one-on-one. It doesn't sure. matter whether we're preaching to thousands or we're preaching to one. I mean, it's you, people get saved. That one person, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, we we were talking before we started, you know, about Philip. What yeah. we know a little bit about church history, mm-hmm. what we know about how that's all manifested, and when he joined himself to the chariot there, to the Ethiopian, you know, he left the Sumerian mm-hmm. meeting where that was amazing. What happened there?
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, and he he sees this guy, and what's he reading? He's reading out of Isaiah, Isaiah. fifty three. Yes, that's the atonement. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand what he's reading. Yeah, he takes from that text preaches Christ to him. I mean, when it's, a, I'm sure he's not preaching a sermon, but he's declaring mm-hmm. that Jesus is the fulfillment of this. Yeah. That man accepts Christ based on that. And by the way, you can see the Spirit of God's drawing, that whole sure. entire thing. The very fact that he's reading it, <laughs> mm-hmm. God set him up. And, uh, <laughs> and then he gets baptized in water. They find some place to baptize him in water. And uh, and we know that story about Philip being carried away and and God did something supernatural there. That gentleman went back to Ethiopia and that is credited to millions of people coming to Christ Mm -hmm. based on what happened to him in the desert with one man preaching the gospel, the word of God being the centerpiece of the gospel. And that produces all kinds of people. You realize how many people are in heaven because Philip obeyed God. Yeah, He preached Christ. He took the scripture. God mm-hmm. set it up. And wouldn't the scripture be interesting? It wasn't a scripture, and I'm not trying to make a pun on it, it wasn't a scripture about how God gives us power to prosper. I believe that. That's yeah. what he said in there. And it run yeah. to me. No, it was Isaiah 53.
1: Isaiah 53. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And which is amazing. And amazing how that work uh, exploded in Ethiopia. Now, you were talking about a drawing. There was a drawing. Now, the Bible says that a person cannot come to Christ unless the Spirit draws them. Yes. Can you speak a little bit to that?
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, I realize that when we talk about this, I mean, that's what the Scripture says, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and specifically, it says, No man can come to me unless father draws in, but the father, it's the Spirit of God. You know, I mean that he's that's the Holy Spirit, that's the agent that the Father uses to draw people to Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, He is the one that that's in the that, that Jesus said it's to your advantage that I go away because if I don't go away the comforter will not come. But when he comes he will convict the world. Yeah. Notice he'll convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And he defines all those things yeah, sure. or what they sin because they didn't believe in me. You know, and uh, so that's a primary thing there. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about drawing, the gospel has to be preached. Yeah, the spirit doesn't draw in relation to <clears throat> something else that we want to do. Yeah, it is. You know, we may have different venues. It doesn't matter. Street evangelism, tent meeting, yeah, uh, Starbucks, food bank ministry. It doesn't matter where it's at. Yeah. Uh, the point is that the the gospel has to be presented and when we say the gospel is presented it has to be very it, it's a very upfront gospel yes jesus died for you yes and and you know and and maybe that's the most simplistic way to put it mm-hmm. i i would look at it from the standpoint he took all my nasty sin mm-hmm. and put it on him and he took my place yeah and uh and then uh and then god raised him from the dead yeah and in the presenting of that message, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound maybe kind of controversial, I'm not so sure we need to. Hey, do you want to receive Christ on the day of Pentecost? The people ask, "What do we? What do we to need do to do to be, to be saved? saved? Yeah, and uh, you know, and and that that and I'm not saying it's wrong to do that because mm-hmm. maybe God leads people to do that to press somebody toward a commitment. If you see that. But sometimes I think we, we jump the gun on that. Mm-hmm. I know in, in altar services and things, when people are just, and this is just generally to be true, and I see God's touching somebody, yeah. I don't bother them. I leave them alone. Okay. Let God do that. I want them to have their experience with God. Not mm-hmm. oh, pastor came and prayed for me. I don't. Want, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want. It, that's between them and the Lord. Yes. And uh, and and so in that sense, the Spirit of God draws in relation to the Word, the Gospel, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter doing the same thing in the house of Cornelius. Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, uh, well, let me let me just read just a bit of it. And, uh, and this I think this puts the, the thing in, in, in perspective. But in a, in a Acts chapter 10, uh, this is when, uh yeah, they end up going, uh, Peter meets Cornelius. And this is going to be in verse 34. So he's in Cornelius' house. And it says, And Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness, he... Uh, is accepted by him he said the word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. he is Lord of all notice that he establishes that okay he said that word you know which was proclaimed through all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached,
1: Mm -hmm. how God
0: anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then notice what he says, and we are witnesses of all Mm -hmm. these things he did both in the land of the Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed Mm -hmm. by hanging on a tree. Him, God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, and not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even uh, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who is ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witnessed through his name. Whoever believes on him will receive remissions of sins. And then the Bible says that when Peter was still speaking these words, the yeah. Holy Spirit On all those who heard what? The word. The word. The word. So he's Mm -hmm. preaching the gospel. That is not a seminar. (laughs) It's the gospel. Yes. Yes. It's a pure unadulterated message of the gospel. We don't see a lot of that.
1: No. We we and yeah, let's speak to that end. How much of what goes on today? in the church, the preaching, you look at, uh, you look at supposed, uh, you know, television ministries, you look at people, you know, you know, maybe coming through your own church, maybe other churches. Uh, we, we have praise gatherings. We have seminars on this, that, and the other thing. Uh, we've turned the church world and I'm sorry, I'm going to be a little bit Bold here, but we've turned the church world into a business world. It's a, it's all a corporation. It's a business, um, and, uh, and and I'm not going to get into all the money aspects of it. But the thing is, is that we turn it into this type of thing, and yet, and and in my eyes, you know, what the way I'm looking at it, as I say, we've lost a lot of what you just read here. Yes.
0: Yeah, and, 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 you know, and, and what this is what, now granted, he's, he's speaking to a bunch of people that are not born again. Let's make that observation. Yes. But I still think this message should be heard in the church. Yes. If nothing else, to model what it should look like through mm-hmm. the members when they present the gospel to somebody else. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that is, you know, because... You know, evangelism is one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It sometimes occurs in different contexts. We we talked about Billy Graham. He obviously had big crusades. Billy
1: Graham and- was, I would say, one of the more modern. He, he was organized. He the, the, here, here's the thing. What I what the the way I look at Billy Graham is this. He in those huge tent, those huge coliseums. He what he would do is he would literally go into and as I, I can say this because I we I, we joined as a part of one of the crusades and I kind of knew uh, experienced the inner workings. Weeks and weeks before this crusade would happen, began the work. They would go. They would they would reach out to churches in the area, and they would bring in counselors or people that would help with the crowds. People come forward, pray with them that they and then they would actually direct them. Uh, he, here, here's the thing that uh, the, is that when they got saved or they gave the heart to God, they would be directed towards the churches there. So they, they would literally have a church to go to yes. after they were saved. Um, a lot of what I hear, you know, like I said I earlier, said that thing is say this two second prayer, go find a church, blah, 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 blah. There's no direction. There's nothing therefore, for the person, if you're going to witness if you're going to preach the gospel with evangelism in mind the, those people need to be directed back to a church so they can receive discipleship right
0: well, that's the whole point of it uh yeah i mean if you, if you, if if the church is not you know I say church if the local church or if it's like in the Billy Graham Crusade, mm-hmm. many different local churches sure, if they're not involved in it, then basically. It's a it's you're gonna have very little result from that. I mean, yeah. you may have a lot of people who are making decisions for Christ, but nothing ever happens. Yeah. And uh, so you know, we can get into a theological debate on whether they really saved or not. I, we don't know. Nobody knows that the condition of somebody's heart at a moment like that. Okay. If they repent and they confess Christ, I'm gonna to have to assume the Spirit of God's drawing them. There's a work of regeneration that happened, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but but it's hard to understand how so many people can do that in a large crusade, and you might only get two to maybe five percent of those people are ever integrated, even with church
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: assistance here, yeah. uh, into the church. You uh, know, you know, and, and you know, become a productive church person, be fruitful, raise your kids in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was uh, at Southwestern, one of the research papers I did was over uh, Charles Finney. Yes. Who is considered the greatest evangelist. And uh, and I and I believe they credited him with over ninety-two percent of all his converts mm-hmm. um it were integrated into a church. And and when I say integrated in a church, in other words, they didn't just join the church, they became productive members in a church, mm-hmm. they raised their families in the church, yeah, and it blessed people. And in uh, one of the things that Charles Finney did is that he always got the churches in an area to get together first mm-hmm. he would start prayer meetings he would send people in there start prayer meetings they would do that to get those people ready for the tent whatever meeting they're meetings gonna that have. they're gonna have and uh, and, they, and it was different back then mm-hmm. I mean he had like what they considered a revivalist or uh, whatever would would kind of speak for about 40 minutes. Yeah, and then Charles Finney would come up and preach a gospel message. I'm talking about the uh, the cross wow. and the resurrection. And he preached for about an hour and a half, and hordes of people, thousands, uh, would respond. In fact, it was it was so everywhere he went. Uh, and he wouldn't stay for three or four days. He might stay for a couple of months doing mm-hmm. these meetings. Yes. And, uh, and what would happen is uh, beer joints, prostitute places, they'd go out of business because there wasn't nobody to yeah. participate. That is a move of God. And that would explain why. I mean, think about it. You you're someone that goes to a prostitute house. You're somebody that 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 you go to the brothel. You go to a beer joint. You go to a, lit- and all of a sudden, you come in contact with the gospel. You submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ. You truly are born again. You stop doing that. Business is closing down yes. because they don't have anybody to to uh, go there anymore. That is a move of God. And what did Charles Finney do? He preached the
1: gospel. He preached the gospel. You see, and that... What complicated? This is one thing, I've talked about it before, but we don't, I just don't feel that a lot in the church have a grasp of what the true power and effect of the gospel message is. Uh, I heard the, um, I I can't think of his name right now. I can't believe it.
0: He's the... um, He's the uh, president of South uh, Eastern College there, Got mm-hmm. College, uh, whatever it's called there in Florida. Okay. Uh, and anyway, and he talked about when he was a missionary, and I heard him speak in the James Robinson Crusade, probably about twenty years ago. Okay. Right? And he talked about the power of the of the gospel, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, he said when I was uh, in, in in places like Africa, he was in place. I forget all the. He said, we're not talking about, and when I say we had a meeting, we're not talking about some big nice tent, some building. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm talking about open air. Yeah, We're out there, they got a light on. He said, everybody's come out there because they ain't never seen a white man in their life. And he said, and and, and they got bugs. He said, you're fighting bugs and everything like that. And he said, and I've got eight people here as translators. Because that's how many different language groups are represented. Yeah. And he said, and you start preaching, and you say something, it gets translated into this, that, this, that. And he said, and after about twelve minutes, you don't even know what you're talking about. Uh huh. Okay. And he said, and uh, and, and uh, what am I doing? You're preaching Jesus Christ. Yes. You know, He'll save you. He'll forgive you. He'll mm-hmm. heal your body. He'll deliver you from demons. I mean, in other words, you're pre- you're preaching Him as Lord. Yes. And you just give your life to Him. And come under His lordship, and uh, and He said, and all of a sudden, you stop. And He said, you you say, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, mm-hmm. come up here. And first translator does it. Yeah, people come. Second one come. They just start coming, and all of a sudden you realize it's not about me.
1: Yes, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of that's God that's powerful. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know what, the, what? What you were describing here with this, with Charles Finney, that is something that we would, as a, a lot of Christians, would term as a revival. That's I think that's what we 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 get this idea. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we all got to pray for revival. Pray for revival. Yeah, and I mean, I, there's nothing wrong,
0: I guess, with that, even though there's really nothing in the Bible that tells us to pray for revival. Uh-huh. I mean, if you really stop and think about it, it really doesn't. It tells us, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And sometimes that's usually, well, that's a revival prayer. Yeah. That's not really a revival prayer. That's a revival response. Mm-hmm. I humble myself, I pray, I turn from my wicked ways. That's what mm-hmm. I do. yes. You know, and, um, and then God will, you know, hear from heaven. He'll forgive their sin and heal their land. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, re- but if we want to use the word revive, I think a better word is renew mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, or even transformation. You yeah. know, these are Christian terms of what should be happening in the believer as they renew their mind with God's word as they follow the Lord and they're part of a church fellowship. You know, and in, in, in that process God does a renewal in them. Yeah. And uh and that is discipleship, by the way.
1: Yeah, well absolutely.
0: And and if the church is being properly positioned like that, mm-hmm. then the result of that should be evangelism. Yeah. I should want to share my experience with somebody. Yeah. I should want to Tell my family, my neighbors, my people I work with, I, you know, hey man, God delivered me, saved me, forgave me. Yes. It becomes powerful. And then so it's experience oriented. A person who's drawn by the Holy Spirit doesn't have to say he's drawn by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The evidence is, I want everyone to experience this.
1: Yeah. And that's powerful. And that reaching out to other people with that experience yeah. is evangelism,
0: and, and then the church. And how does that relate? Well, what am I doing? A lot of times, evangelism is I present Christ to somebody. Mm-hmm. I talk about what He did, what that means, uh, you know, to someone, what He's done in my life. I share my story. Yes, and then I, and then you know, maybe they make a decision for Christ. Maybe the Spirit of God draws them right then, and they make a decision. But you know, oftentimes it doesn't happen like that. Yeah. And so I say, hey, would you like to go to church with me on Sunday? Mm-hmm. And I've heard many people say this. I couldn't wait for the pastor to quit preaching. I just need to go up there and get saved. It didn't have anything to do with what he was even talking about. <laughs> you know why that is? Is because somebody else already gave them the word. Yes, And that word has started producing. Mm-hmm. And, uh,
1: well, what did Paul say? He said, uh, there's a, was it Paul preached? Or let me say, planted? Yes. Yeah, Apollos watered. Apollos watered. And God gave the increase. And God gave the increase. Yeah. See, it's God who gives the increase. God's yeah. the one who. Yeah, draws. so I can
0: plant the word, somebody else can water the word. Mm-hmm. But until the Spirit of God draws somebody, there is no increase. Yeah. Now he will draw if we'll do that, mm-hmm. and I think part of the problem, and um, and, and <laughs> we we hate to get on these things, I, you know, I think part of the problem, at least in let's just use the United States, just okay. our country only. I can't, I don't know what's going on everywhere else. I've heard stories, and uh, but I'm not going to base that. But just what I can see, just what I can observe, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, the the churchy one of the reasons that we're not being more effective in evangelism is because almost everybody that has a medium to pro- proclaim a gospel message to gobs of people, yeah. they're not doing it. Okay. They're, they're, they're do- I mean, if you get on YouTube and, 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 you, and you start looking at things, you, you're you going to get a mixed reaction of things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you're going to have the, uh, you're gonna have the uh, the Dr. James White, and I like Dr. James White.
1: Yes,
0: and I'm not saying he doesn't ever present the gospel, but he's an apologetic person, mm-hmm. so he's looking at something a little different, you know, along that line. Yeah, and and so and that's good. I mean, I'm not saying that because they do reach out to Mormons and other people with evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if but if you're just on YouTube, you're gonna find people like that. Yeah, you're gonna find other people. Um, that'll be more pastoral oriented, you know, and and I'm not saying all those things are bad because, you know, there's a lot of good stuff. Sure. And then you're gonna get on the fringe issues and you're gonna see people who are proclaiming a bunch of nonsense, they call themselves Pentecostal or charismatic or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they wanna be your apostle, whatever that means. Or, you know, hey, Trump's going to be reinstated and all that nonsense. And, and, you know, that's not the gospel message. It's like I tried to tell somebody one time. I said, you know, because they were all, you know, we deal with people, Mm -hmm. you know, all kinds of people. And I've had people all chewed up about that last election in 2020. And I said, look, that doesn't have anything to do with anything. Our mission is simple in the church. Yes, We are presenting the gospel to people who have never heard it or maybe never really encountered it, you know, yeah. in a right way. We are trying to provide a church where we can disciple those people and equip them to go out and do the same thing. Our commission mm. is founded in Matthew 28. Yeah, We're gonna go out and we're going to present Christ and we're gonna baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what we're going to do is we're gonna teach them all things that, uh, that he has taught and commanded us. Yeah. And uh, so the first part is we have to do the go part and present the gospel. Mm-hmm. The second part is discipleship. That's and I said, it doesn't matter who the president is. Paul no, it presented doesn't. all this, and they had the most horrible <laughs> rumors in all the world. One of them chopped his head off. Yeah. you know. So he they weren't worried about that. They no. had a mission, mm-hmm. and the evangelist's mission in that regard, or the church's evangelistic mission is to present the gospel that is that Jesus died, God raised him from the dead, he is Lord, and uh, and then people have to make a decision on what they're gonna do about that.
1: Let's talk about the goal. Let's talk about the goal for a minute. Now, as a church, and you have a church, we have a church here, River of Life. We We have a church here and others have churches there. Do you feel that it is important that whatever church you know churches set up or wherever that they actually have an active evangelistic ministry going on in the church?
0: I, I, I do. I believe that. I believe that. And
1: uh, and, you and you know, and, and uh, you while know, uh, saying
0: that, yeah, I, I, I you know, and I'll be the first to admit, I would like to see more of that here, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's trying to find the effective means of doing How it. How to do it? Yeah. Now, granted, we always encourage everybody to share their faith with everyone. I always, sure. You know, and any time a holiday comes up, we kind of make jokes about it, but we say, "Hey, look, you got unsaved loved ones. Yeah. This is an opportunity. Opportunity, to- You know, that's an opportunity. You share, and if you can't think of anything else to share, share what Jesus did for you. Yes. And uh, and that's why I like to uh, hear testimonies, especially people who've had genuine encounters with God. Mm-hmm. And uh, into in, you know, in forgiveness of sins, being delivered uh, from from you know whatever. Yeah, uh, I remember a, a a lady that I, I pastored years ago, and uh, she came up to me, and uh, and when I pastored on the coast, and then she she told me something. She said, "I want to thank you, Pastor." And I said, well, "What what for?" She said, "If it had not been for you." Now, now what I, I'll explain this a minute. If it had not been for you, I'd still be on crack cocaine and, 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 you know, she received, so the presentation of the gospel, she received that. Yes. Got delivered from that. I didn't even know. That wasn't me. I understand that. I mean, I'm not stupid. I knew that was God that did that. Sure. You know, and I made it very clear. Hey, look. I'm just here to do what God wants me to do, but God's the one that delivered you from crack cocaine, not me. Yeah. And uh and that's the power of the word. And uh it, but I but I believe that God honors that word. When mm-hmm. when Jesus Christ is presented as Lord, we, we, we spend time, you know, talking about his Lordship yeah. and what it means to really be a believer. And many times what happens is people hear this and they think, Hey, I don't know God. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Spirit of God can draw them into a place. Yeah. Uh, but, but as far as uh, that, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do active evangelism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not a Starbucks fan. I don't, <clears throat> I don't buy that kind of coffee because yeah. it's too expensive. Uh, but, but, but you know, hey, it's it may be worth going in somewhere. And seeing, you know what they call them, coffee shops and stuff like that. You know, I believe it was Teen Challenge that sort of got all that stuff going years yes. ago. Uh-huh. And uh, and that's that's a viable ministry. Yes. I mean, because there you have an opportunity to uh, you know, present the gospel. Mm-hmm. I love it when Jehovah Witnesses knock on my door and Mormons. Mm-hmm. Because what I can do is I can present the gospel. Yes. And, uh, yeah. you know, and so it's, you have different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just, but but maybe the biggest thing is people being
1: trained on how to do it yes you know and you know that's, that's what i'm saying you know it, the local church needs to have an evangelistic outreach in some method uh you have, we had the uh, the harvest or uh, here i mean we're giving food out and talking to them and presenting the gospel when they were receiving their food that's great i i my mind goes down to the church down in the middle of austin down there under the to the homeless ministry down there they feed i don't know how many every weekend but they also give them the gospel message and um or uh, you know back in the day uh, we always used to make, uh, we always used to laugh about those little chick tracks. Yeah, yeah. That, we, uh, that people would, hey, they, some of the this, this stuff was just kind of, it was over the top. But it was uh, the little tracks there that you give people and that uh, they would read them or what have you. And I'm sure many people got saved through that or at least were convicted. Again, we talk about the three phases. Uh, Paul planted, Apollo swattered. God gave the increase. You have three different phases that we could. You're you're operating when it comes to somebody being led back or led to the Lord. Um, so evangelism is important. I think, uh, and I, I, I do want to bring out the point. We've been going all around it, but first of all, uh, I'm going to kind of sum, summarize what we've been talking about. Number one, the message needs to be Christ and Him crucified. Yes. It's, it's not a message of super faith. It's not a message of prosperity or what have you. It's not even a message of great praise and worship. No. Now, of course, I work, uh, I, I operate with the music and all that and the praise and worship, and which is great, but it's like you said, the word was yeah. what was, was bringing them to it. And then when the person is, no, the, the second thing is, is that a person needs to be drawn Yes. But the atmosphere needs to be there for the person to be drawn.
0: Yeah, and because God's going to work in connection with his word. He's not going to work in connection with my word. He's it's <clears> his word. <throat> mm-hmm. And uh, and you have to believe that his word is alive and powerful. Yes. And uh, and if we honestly believe in a verbal plenary in, you know, inspiration, sure. that means this is God-breathed scripture. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And it don't matter whether it's in English or Greek or Hebrew or whatever language it's translated into. That's God's Word. Yeah. And if we speak it and we give people that Word, and we, when we say what Word, specifically the Word that Jesus Christ
1: mm-hmm.
0: was crucified. He, he died for our sins. You can come at it from Isaiah 53. You can come at it from some passages in the New Testament where you see it demonstrated. It doesn't matter. It has to be Jesus Christ and Him crucified the Spirit of God is going to work with that. Yes. And he's going to draw people. And, uh, and you know, and I, I was sitting there thinking about this. We read that passage in, in Acts 10 and, you know, what Peter, how he presented that and the Spirit of God responded. Mm-hmm. Uh, P.C. Nelson, who's passed, you know, that's what many years ago, he Wrote the the Bible doctrines, you know, you know, a book about it in relation to the 16 fundamentals of faith. Oh, okay. the Assemblies
1: of God. Assemblies you know? of God, yeah.
0: And uh, and PC Nelson, I've seen pictures of him, uh, in some of the tent meetings they would have. Mm-hmm. And it would be Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus is coming again. Mm-hmm. And what they would do is they would present the simple gospel message about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. And they would pray for the sick if anyone was there, and through that, people came to Christ and they, uh, you know, responded. Okay. Uh, and you know, you can see that Philip's ministry. What's he was do? he doing Preach preaches Christ to them, and uh, and it says that they gave heed to the things that uh, that uh, Philip said, and they saw the miracles that he performed in that uh, unclean spirits were coming out of many people mm-hmm. and that the paralyzed and the lame were being healed. So notice it's a work of the Spirit. The miracles is not the, the focus of that. No. It's it's the result of Pete, uh, Philip preaching Christ yes. to them. That When they see the miraculous, it draws people to them you know, I'm to the you know, to the Lord. And yeah. so people respond. They receive the word mm-hmm. with much gladness. There's joy in the city, the Bible says. So we know these people were saved. They were born again. Yeah. And then the local church is it, it's this is all through the local church of Jerusalem. And then so Peter and John come from Jerusalem. They heard that they had received the word. Then they prayed for them to receive the Holy Spirit after that. Yeah. And so you see the local church being involved in the evangelism, Philip is from that church. He was a deacon in that church. Yeah. And now the persecution that came about scattered a bunch of people around. He didn't scatter very far. Yeah. Just <laughs> some area, but, uh, but, uh, but, but like, once again, you know, it needs to be tied to the local church. Yeah. Even if someone's going out traveling 50 weeks a year, you yeah. know, they still need to have a home church that, yeah. they got a base that there's some, some like, I don't know accountability, whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I think I shared a couple of podcasts uh, ago, mm-hmm. uh, preaching for a uh, a gentleman uh, there on the coast, and, and I wasn't pastoring at that time, but I had a local church. And yeah. I was a faithful attender of it. If I wasn't out speaking, I was here. Yes, and um, and uh, anyway, and so you know, I mentioned, I said, I you know, the church I was a part of, the pastor. Mm-hmm. And just, just I didn't think a thing in the world about it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I went and ministered the message there. And I wasn't in the operating as an evangelist. I'm just yeah. really in a pastoral gift, even though I wasn't pastoring a church. Yes. And uh, and so when I was, you know, done, uh, the the pastor got up and he said, he said, he said, he said, uh, he said, uh, he said uh, Pastor Paul, I, you don't know how good that was to hear. Mm-hmm. That you actually go to church isn't that amazing? He said, "Do you know how many people I've had that they don't have a local church, and if they're not preaching somewhere, they're not even going to church."
1: Yeah. And of course, but, what I
0: thought was I wouldn't have somebody like that in my pulpit. Exactly. If, you know, but that's between him and there. But maybe he didn't know that till it was all over with. Yeah. But uh, and by the way, I've spoke at that particular church numerous times since then, mm-hmm. even despite all the other things.
1: Yeah. Uh, and the thing that that's a, brings me back to, talking, to uh, talking about renegades. Now, a few things I want to kind of clarify. If a person says I uh, have a ministry and they, they feel that it's an evangelistic ministry, yet they, um, what they want to do is they call around to different churches so they can book that Sunday, that Sunday night, that Wednesday night, whatever the day it would be, and so that they can preach to that pastor's congregation. Yes. Okay. Here, this is, and then they say, "Well, I'm an evangelist." Well, I'm sorry, sir, you're not an evangelist if you're not presenting the evangelistic message of the gospel message. Now, you can go to a church and preach the gospel message, and uh, and or you may coordinate with a pastor to have, say. Put a tent, a tent out, or what have you, yeah. and and for certain amount of nights, a couple nights or whatever, go out and preach that gospel message for the purposes of drawing people to the cross, and then the people get saved. They will have a home church to go to, yeah, or true. they they'll be able to feed the you know come into the local church for discipleship. But just to go around speaking at other people's churches doesn't make you an evangelist. No,
0: no, and, and and then and I don't even know what kind of ministry that is, really. To be honest with you, that's almost a dying thing. Yeah. Uh, today, <clears throat> um, but uh, but yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, if you're doing that, I, I'm not, I'm not I'm not you know looking at anybody and making fun of them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But unless you're going in and, and preaching a message such as Peter preached to the house of Cornelius. Yeah. Or you're presenting a message such as I'm preaching Christ to them, him crucified. Yes. I mean, uh, if some of your most favorite passages are not Isaiah 53.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, in relation to what Jesus did for us on the cross and what that means. Yeah. Um, well, then you're not evangelist. No. Yeah. And by the way, if, if, you know, if, if pastors need to, to do these type of messages from time to time in their church. Oh, terms. I'm sure. Uh, and, you know, because even though, you know, maybe the majority of people there are already born again, there can always be people that, that you are never know around, or then or then draw. Never, Yeah. But it also, it models for the congregation how to do this themselves. Yes. Words, they take this oh, I need to talk about what Jesus did. This is the scripture. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just like Philip being caught with the Ethiopian up to the chariot where he was at. He was reading on Isaiah 53. The Bible says he began at that passage and he presented Christ to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the Spirit of God made that easy. Yeah. <laughs> because that was, yeah. he, was, he was the one No, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself mm-hmm. or someone else? And he picked it up right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, and yes, the gospel message is presented in the local church, but you know, like I I, see, I, I hear about a lot of traveling ministers say, "Well, I have a healing ministry," or I, my my <clears throat> I, I normally have that faith message, or I have that, or they're trying to specialize yes in different flavors of. Messages. That's not an evangelist. And, and, you know, to be very, very
0: honest, and, and this is, I know this will be controversial, and I, and I realize that. It's almost inevitable. I'm not saying it happens to everybody, but it's almost inevitable that if you start centering in on one topic, it doesn't matter what topic it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, in our Pentecostal range, people talk about faith or healing or miracles or whatever. And, and, and that's the only message you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, inevitably, people get into error.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. I'm not saying they
0: intend to do it, Mm-mm. but it just seems like there's, because if you overemphasize something, it loses its integrity anyway. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, like I said, in the, in the church here, that's one thing we don't do, uh, and, and, and we've talked about this before, uh, and i and i think an evangelist can do the same thing i don't i don't think there has to be any difference in this if we minister expository messages whether it's teaching or preaching yes no matter what topic it's on you want to present christ to people you can start in isaiah 53 yeah and you can- You can do an expository message out of that. You can do an expository message out of Acts 10 right here Mm -hmm. uh, at the House of Cornelius or Acts 19. Mm -hmm. Those are messages that a true evangelist could preach and preach Christ to people. Yes. You know, through those passages. And that's what we do in the church. We do expository. Mm -hmm. And by doing it that way, well, we deal with the passage in its context and we don't get into these cherry-picking of topics. And uh, and then many times we're able, without even saying a word, read one of the most favorite passages that someone will use that will go off on a faith tangent or whatever. Yeah. And then when you read it in context, all of a sudden, people, you can see it. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. you, you don't even mention it. You don't even bring it out. You don't yeah. even talk about the era of it. You just it's like, oh, you can just see, I can see it in people's eyes. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden the blinders are just open. And once again, that's the power of the word. Yes. When we talk about expository, we're just talking about dealing with a, a, a passage of scripture mm-hmm. uh, in its context. We consider where it's at, who it's written to, who wrote it, yeah. what were the cultural things going on at that moment, who were those people. And, uh, and once again, you know, that may sound like a lot of work. It is some work, but it's not unknowable. Yeah. That's the, you know, we have more tools today to know more about, uh, church history
1: mm-hmm.
0: and issues of the Bible than any generation's ever
1: had. Yeah. Yeah. So, all righty. So evangelism, yes, it is happening in some aspects today. When we look at a good examples, I'm trying to summarize here, uh, so, uh, uh, examples, you talk about Finney, Charles Finney, amazing experience. Every evangelist, if they're listening to this and they want to
0: understand what evangelism is and how effective it can be, mm-hmm. read some books by Charles Finney. Charles Finney, yeah. On, I mean, just... Find Finney, you can do, you can get on the internet and find all kinds of things about him. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about his later years when he was a scholar Mm -hmm. and taught in some of the Bible colleges. I'm talking about his early ministry. Well, I said this early. Most of his ministry was as an evangelist. Yes, And he is one of the most effective evangelists we've ever had Yeah. And that's what reasonably within modern history, 1800s. yeah. So, no, I mean, what yeah, we're not talking about in you know, you know, yeah. twenty B.C. or something. You know, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but I'm just saying, you know, this is different.
1: Yeah, but in in the methodology, evangelism in a church, it, there needs to be a concentrated effort, uh, organized effort for evangelism. There's not just, but but you can witness individually you can do it to small crowds you could do it to big coliseums like billy graham but like we see with billy graham there was a definite plan yes. going in weeks before talking to the churches getting them all involved getting people there and pointing them to the church once they get saved once that message is presented and then we talk about the message of evangelism is christ and him crucified not, uh, and it has to be, you know, you're leading people to Christ and uh, and then uh, above all, the Holy Spirit needs to draw them. Yes, yes.
0: You know, the thing about Billy Graham, uh, he patterned uh, a lot of his ministry off of uh, people like Billy Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he learned from uh, Deal Moody. Yeah. And uh, all of these, where do they learn it from? Charles Finney. Yeah, and then what's so funny is that Paul uh, Roberts and many of the people that like Jack Cole in the fifties that had the temper revivals—you know who they studied—they studied Billy Graham, mm-hmm. and because they knew how effective he was, and so they modeled it. Yeah, and uh, and, and what they did primarily was preach Christ to people. Yes, and uh, yeah, if you go back to some of those uh, uh, some healing revivals and stuff, uh, it's a simple message. Jesus saves. Jesus heals. He's coming again. He's Lord. He died on a cross for your sins. God raised him from the dead, Mm -hmm. and the Spirit of God drew people. Yes, and He'll always draw people. He doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who's doing it.
1: Yeah, He'll draw people. And that's the power of the gospel.
0: Yeah, the gospel message. What did Paul say in Romans? He said, "He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel Mm -hmm. of Christ. It is the power of God for salvation, for the Jew first, then the Gentile."
1: Yeah. So, alrighty. Well, um, that's great. We've uh, we've kind of talked all about the different aspects of evangelism, and so, some of the things that are going on um, today, and well, what true evangelism is, and uh, we uh, we need to pray. We need to pray that more uh, more evangelism is done here, and that we understand it, and that it actually occurs here in our. Uh, in our country, yes. I know, uh, in other countries, uh, well, other countries it's happening. You hear all sorts of stories, but they're out there preaching a simple gospel message. Nothing complicated. It's not complicated. It's a simple gospel message. So, um, all righty. So, uh, well, we're at time. So pastor, thank you again for, uh, for, uh, being with us on evangelism next week. We're going to be talking about pastors. And, uh, and then, uh, we'll go from there, uh, and, uh, tune in again, uh, to, to all of these messages, each one of these podcasts you need to download and tell somebody else about it so they can download the podcasts and listen to them. Um, you can access us feet uh, www.feedontherock.org and we have a place there you can send us messages if you want to talk to us and tell us or any ideas or questions uh, be blessed and we will uh, we will be back with you again next week god bless you now